0: Hey there, and welcome to the Rock Reavers podcast. Here we are all about believing and proclaiming the word. We're totally given to true worship and obedient in taking the gospel to the nations through missions. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope that you'll be blessed by this message. 2 Timothy chapter 2, I want us to read from verse 19 to verse 22. Hallelujah. Are we there? Can we read together? All right, let's go. Three, two, one. Nevertheless, Could you read verse 21 one more time? Let's read it slowly. If a man does what? He shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, and meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. Verse 22, let's go. Last verse, verse 23. Amen. Let's have our statement of belief. At Rivers Church, we believe in louding our statements with our voices. So we just want to make our statement of belief this morning. Let's go lift your Bible. Do you have a paperback Bible? Please lift those Bible up and speak with conviction. Hallelujah. So that any demonic cockroach around you can finally die. Amen. I am a winner. Amen. Sit on your challenges this morning. Amen. So good to see you in church, everybody. Hallelujah. Are you happy to be in church? Are you ready for the word? I'm personally very excited in the season that we are in because... God is on our side. It doesn't matter how it looks like. I just came to make an announcement this morning that God is on our side. Amen. And sometimes things might seem a little bit tough and things might seem a bit confused. And it might look like we came out of Egypt to die in the desert. But I came to make an announcement this morning that Canaan is shortly in view. Let me say that one more time. Canaan is shortly in view. God's love is going to bring us into our promised land in the name of Jesus. I know somebody needs to hear this this morning. God's love is about, he didn't get us out of Egypt to die in the desert, but God is about to bring us into our large place. Whether or not we see it, I'm a bit excited because uh, Sitch, it is you I was waiting for and we were calling our families to say that we noticed you had a dance today that was more It was not a normal dance. Praise the Lord. Is it that you don't like celebrating relationships or what? And today, by God's grace, Jeremy, who is now disappeared. Okay, I'll wait for him also. Because we like celebrating godly relationships. Hallelujah. Because for the single people, that is where you are headed. Hallelujah. We have been praying against vampires. I killed vampires this morning so that the daughters of this church will find men who fear God. You don't like that prayer? Uh huh. Those are the prayers we've been making so that our sisters get into places of stability and no places of pain and confusion. Have you ever? Okay, let me leave that alone. Let me leave that alone. Let me leave that alone. We are getting ready to enter into our large place. So good to see you, Liz Kamika. Good morning. How are you? Amen. So we are getting to the final should I say lessons on the subject of sanctification and we are excited because we know the pastoral is confident that this is the message that God wants us to hear for the season. Just to get us started, when you study the book of Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 18, uh, Solomon writes something very powerful which then becomes the New Testament standard of living life and he opens and says that the path of the just man, he's careful to enumerate and to to, to demonstrate that in this life there is the just man and there is the man that is unjust. Listen to me, there is a difference between people who are born again and people who are not. Never come to a place where you think that the light and darkness have an association or any relationship. And he brings us to a place where he says that the path of the just man is as the shining light that shines more and more, even unto the perfect day. That for the believer's life, there is two things. A requirement of progress and there is a provision for progress. Let me say that one more time. There is a requirement of progress and there is a provision for progress that means that if last year I had two songs, Liz Kamika Buana Sifiwe, I cannot have two songs this year. Praise the Lord! Somebody talk to me. If last year I was doing half a million, bottom line, I cannot do half a million again this year because there is a requirement for progress and there is a provision for progress. That means if last year I was able to, play th- to pray 30 minutes, there's no way I can enter into 2023 and begin praying 25 minutes. That is how you know the enemy wants to steal your light when you start retrogressing. So there has to be progress. Here is a second scripture to get us started. The book of 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. Scripture says, but we all with open faces beholding as in a glass He's talking to the Corinthian church and he's telling them as believers, the thing is that our our eyes are now open. We are no longer deceived. And he says, but we all with open faces, we now see him, we know him. We hear his voice with open faces beholding as in a glass are transformed. He says, we are transformed into the same image that we are seeing. That means, child of God, that every time you come to church, there's a requirement that you grow. Amen. Look at your neighbor. Tell them there is a requirement that you grow. And this year I'm going to be asking you, baby, are you growing? Are you growing? Are you praying? Are you memorizing scripture? Are you winning souls? And it is our responsibility to get into your business because we are in the commonwealth of Zion. There is nothing like a private Christian life. Let me say that one more time. Joel Ayub. There is nothing like a private Christian life. I remember when we were growing up in the university, one of the things that my brothers and I had, we had the principle called the open door principle, which I want to encourage some brothers to practice here. And that means that my brother, Pastor Lovi, could walk into my room anytime without any announcement, just in case that day it was a difficult day under under the earth and you were suffering and the flesh had you by your neck, the brother will come in and and introduce a logistical challenge and a logistical difficulty to the expression of wickedness to deal with every cockroach because there is no... Look at your neighbor and tell them, Neighbor, there is no private Christian life... That is why I like being in your business. And I want to ask you, are you praying? And I want to ask you, why didn't you come for Friday prayers? And I want to ask you, where, why didn't you come to church last Sunday? And I want to ask you, how is your marriage doing? And because of the fear of God, there is a Zion requirement of an answer that is truthful. Ay ay. I, 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 I. I don't know if you're ready for I don't know if you're ready for sanctification. So he says that we all with open faces beholding as in a glass adelite, we are being transformed from what? Glory to glory. And he introduces two dimensions of glory. And I will link it to the two goats in the old testament, and I will link it to the two dimensions of sanctification in the new testament. That is two times three. Say this TBN preacher is too much. Oh. Hallelujah says we are being transformed from glory to glory. The first dimension of glory, when you study that in the Greek, is exosia. But when you look at the Septuagint, which is the Hebrew translation of the New Testament Greek, what then happens is that they begin to explain that that glory means three things, Pastor Des. The first one is regeneration. That the first thing for, for our walk to enter into dimensions of glory and progress is that there's a requirement for us to be regenerated. That before, the man, before any man could ever meet God, there is no hope for their life. This is where John says that he that has the son, John chapter 3, is it verse 35, 36, he that has the son has life, but he that does not have the son does not have life, but instead the wrath of God dwells on his head that the one that meets Jesus is now set up for glory it is first regeneration then he brings us to a place where he says that after regeneration justification must occur therefore being justified by faith we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ in whom also we have access into this grace where we stand Romans chapter 5 verse 1 that after being born again, we are brought to a place now of regeneration and justification. And justification gives us the confidence to stand, tell your neighbor to stand. He says wherein we have this grace, that grace is not a force only upon our spirit. It's not a compulsion upon our heart, but it's also a platform upon which we stand. And I came to make an announcement this morning that there are battles in this world, there are battles in this Life that requires us to not only bring up our salvation but also to demonstrate and to declare that there is a grace upon which I am standing. I am standing on that grace because I am confident that that grace will not collapse below my feet. I am standing on that grace because I am confident that that grace is able to carry me even when life asks the most difficult questions. That I don't have have to stand on my experience, that I don't have to stand on my network, because sometimes you know about these calls, you will call the network, and the network will give you an auto-generated response, and say, I'm in a meeting, please send a mess," or I'm in a meeting, please, I will call you later, or you call them, and all of a sudden, the number goes offline, it's as though your call is the one that switched it off, God said that we are we are standing on this grace, that if there's a platform that you can find your strength on, is the platform called what? Grace. So we are being transformed from glory. I'm dealing with the first dimension of glory, which deals with the earth and living here on earth, practical living. That it is regeneration, it is justification, and then it is sanctification. That for there to be progress in the Christian life, those then become the foundational truth of walking from glory to glory. That it is not a walking from glory to glory without spiritual and physical participation. And that then begins to become the foundation of our class today, which deals with sanctification. And I want to quickly say three things here. That sanctification is anchored on three principles. The first one is atonement. And the second one is redemption. Then the two together release sanctification. Look at your neighbor. Tell them you're in a Pentecostal church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you You have judged Pentecostal preachers. I know you have put us in boxes. I know you have decided that the only thing we preach about is tithes and offerings. And I know the only message people would suspect us to be preaching. But we are in a different church. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Glory to God. Are you in church this morning? Are you in church this morning? Atonement gives way to redemption. Then it gives way to... To sanctification That before I deal with holiness I must deal with the process That gave me the privilege even to begin with To talk about holiness Now when you study the book of Genesis Atonement When you study the book of Genesis The scripture introduces us To a utopia of relationship as it were And there was perfect synchrony And fellowship between God and man And that is our story That there was fellowship Between God and man And that fellowship was destroyed. destroyed by the enemy yes or no come on talk to me yes or no Uh uh-huh fellowship was destroyed now how was the fellowship destroyed the fellowship was destroyed because somebody decided to listen not to another human being but to listen to a snake who are you listening to neighbor who are you listening to? Did you know that one of the biggest battles we fight in this world are battles that have been produced or initiated with words? It is, the true in, it is true in relationships, it is true in organizations, it is true in ministries. And today we want to lift up a voice. Can you lift up a voice with me? We want to cast every snake in our midst in the name of Jesus. Every snake in our household, every snake around our friends. Let every snake die today in the name of Jesus. <laughs> I came to deal with some stuff today. And you find then that the hisses of the snake introduces difficulty in relationship what are you listening to what are you listening to who are you listening to who is listening what what are you what are you imbibing listen to me and listen to me good i'm coming shortly to our scripture which should stay here second timothy chapter 2 verse 19 where he says that let the man that wants to be used of God purge himself of these things. Then he says, let the foundation of God, that foundation, it standeth sure. Then he says, there are many vessels, but the vessels that will be used is the vessel that is set apart. And you will find then that the enemy has in this end time used gossip to cause us not to enter into our place of being set apart. And that has sabotaged our progress That has been provided for and that is required. Listen to me and listen to me, good. Kill gossip in your life, amen. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, have you been? I don't know. I don't know. Have you been gossiping, neighbor? Neighbor, have you? I, I know. I know you can't admit it, but neighbor, have you? Who have you been talking about? Who have you? Atonement it breaks relationships and relationships are broken. I had one man of God say that uh, one of the things that will cause us to find ascendancy in this life is cro- is properly appropriating relationships. And he argued and said that there are those relationships that sometimes, despite the turbulence in those relationships, we must be humble enough not to come out and throw in the towel and cast the you know cast the relationship and die. That we have to be wise enough to know which relationships which can lose and which relationships you cannot lose. Did you know that sometimes God will open up the door and bring in destiny helpers and you will close it by your own selfishness and blocking people on WhatsApp and block and blocking on Instagram and blocking on Facebook and refusing to talk to those people who God has brought to bring you into your large place just because they don't speak your language or just because they don't agree with your culture or just because they don't look like you look. I remember the prophet Jeremiah when he was Brought to the cutting place. God said, I will bring ravens. Birds that are dispositioned to eat meat will be bringing for you meat. And sometimes you will hear believers saying, how can you work with a Muslim? How are you doing? Okay. So atonement. It starts with atonement. And you see the breaking of relationship. And then God quickly releases his, should I say, strategy to reclaim man. And this is important because you cannot talk about sanctification without talking about atonement. And the agenda of atonement is to bring us back to oneness with God. Now, on the seventh month of every year, on the tenth day, the Jews did something called the Yom Kippur. Look at your neighbor, tell them Yom Kippur. Because God's plan is always kill an animal or kill a man. Kill an animal. This is very easy. The all of Old Testament is kill an animal. And the all of the New Testament is kill a man. That it is the blood that would bring oneness again with God. Atonement deals with how do we answer the sin problem that has separated us from God. And what would happen is once a year, the priests would come and everybody would show up. And they were how many goats? They were two goats. Praise the Lord. Somebody looked at me like saying, okay, fine. Where are you going with this message about goats? When I hear goats, I just see Nyamachoma. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) I just see Nyamachoma. There are people who just see Mutura. Joel, there are people who just see uh, Kichwa Boyle. Of course, you are wondering what kind of preacher is this talking about, Kichwa Boyle. I'm coming home shortly. And they would come with two goats. And one goat would be slaughtered. But the other goat would be released, what is called the scapegoat. But there was a requirement that believers or the, or the Israelites would touch the goat so that there was an imputation. Line that You can underline that one. There was an imputation of sin. So sin moved from the children of Israel to the goat. One was slaughtered. And the blood of that particular goat, now watch where the blood goes. The blood goes to Romans. Give me Romans chapter three, verse five. That's where the blood went. If you look at the book of the old, if you look at the Old Testament, you will see that there was something regarded as the Ark of the Covenant. And in the Ark of the Covenant, there's there's a place in the Ark of the Covenant that was called the Mercy Seat, where Mercy sits. And what would happen then is when the slaughtered goat would release its blood, that blood would be brought to the mercy seat. At that point, what would happen then is that God's wrath would be quenched. But sin would still be sticking on them like super glue, like Erudite. The sin would be going nowhere. Now, when you study the book of Romans, chapter 3, verse 5, he says, But in our righteousness, command righteousness of God, what shall we say? Is God unrighteous who taketh vengeance? Go to verse 6. Please go to verse 6 very quickly. God forbid for then how shall God Judge the world. Go to verse 7. For if the truth of God hath more abounded through my lie unto his glory, why yet am I also judged as a sinner? And Paul is saying that despite the blood of bulls and goats, the sin was still sticking. Now go to Hebrews chapter 10, is it verse 6? Scripture says that God did not allow that the blood of goats and bulls should take away sin. He says, I will not accept the blood of bulls and goats to take away sin. In fact, please start from verse 1. Let's just read it a bit. We get into some Bible study, then I can begin closing this. This, this the message we pray. Hebrews chapter, chapter 10, sir, from verse number 1. He says that the blood of animals, the blood of goats was not enough for the law having a shadow of good things to come and not the very image of the things to come, can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the comers thereunto unto perfect. I'm trying to draw our focus to where then is the source of sanctification. What sets us apart? Is it holy regalia, holy talk, Christianese, 1,000 times? No, go to verse 2. Then he says in verse 2 that, please keep going, sir. For then would they not have ceased to be offered, because their worshippers once purged should have no had no more conscience of sin. Go to verse three. He's basically arguing that this. This religious offering of animal blood was not removing any sin. It was not the solution. But in those sacrifices, there is a remembrance again made of sin every year and every year and every year. Go to verse verse 4. Now, are you beginning to see that some of us are behaving as though we're in the Old Testament? That there is this thing that we keep talking about every year and every year and every year as though our atonement was by the blood of God's pastor doc. That the only time I am allowed to remember about my weakness and about the sin that easily besets and about this thing that we call an issue in our lives, that the only time that I'm allowed to behave like that is if I'm in the Old Testament. God said that if you're in the New Testament, then there is no remembrance. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of ghosts should take away sin. And therefore, every year there was a remembrance, and every year they would come, and every year they would they would they. they hey, okay. This Mujaluo tongue sometimes I want to pack it, and take my wife's tongue because my wife can speak very good English. Amen. I know you heard me. Verse five. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, "Sacrifice and offering thou willest not, but a body. Hey, look at that, but a body." thou hast prepared for me. Go to the next verse, please. And now move quickly. But above it, in burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, thou hast had no pleasure. Where is the pleasure? Then said I, lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me. Sounds like Jesus. To do the will. Above. Continue. Continue. I'll catch up with you. Above when he said, sacrifice and offering, burnt offerings and offering for sin, thou wouldest not. Neither hadest pleasure wherein which are offered by the law. Go to verse 9. Then said he, lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away. The first that he may establish the second. This is why, when John saw him, look at John chapter 1, verse 26, he says, Behold, the Lamb of God that does what? That does what, church? That does what? Takes away the sin of the world. It is taken away. Sanctification is possible because it is taken away. When that liar the devil comes to remind you of your struggle for last year just say behold lamb of god that take it away the sins of the world when somebody comes and tells you you need to open up portals cast them and say where which portals again lamb of behold <laughs> thank you jesus behold lamb of god which does what come on church say with me which does what take it away what does he do he take it away You see, Isaiah, blessed God for Isaiah. Isaiah said, though you are seen, be as red as scarlet. There are people, you know, men can't understand that women, Are there some women in the house who have gone to saloon and they have chosen dye in in, in Luthuli Avenue. Or is it Bujua Street? Bujois. And they applied dye and it was not red. It was burgundy. Then you say, but I wanted red hair. (laughs) Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. Isaiah says it Better, he says, though your sin be as red as scarlet, I, God, shall make it as white as snow. Praise the Lord. Which sin is this that is trying to whisper to your ears, Lamb of God? Behold, the Lamb of God. Sometimes our prayer should just be, Behold, the Lamb of God that take it away the sin of the world, atonement. One scholar argued, Abby, I know you are in law school now, bonus if you, can you just celebrate Abby for being in law school? I know you are not, cele- oh, you don't celebrate people who are in school, eh? Uh-huh. Abby has to spend all her evenings reading complicated legal things. I remember one day, myself and Pasalova, we watched this program called Suits. Do you guys remember Suits? And we decided now we want to be lawyers. Hey, 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 and we started studying the law for one year. My goodness, it was not easy, eh? We, I, personally, I, you know, love with me. I went to MKU. Nothing against MKU, but I went to MKU. People, at the University of Nairobi, you know what they say about any university other than the University of Nairobi. And I went to MKU. Bananga, it was not difficult. I, I said, hey, okay, leave, let me leave this one. I went to the University of South Africa. One year later, I'm like, you know what? Le- leave this thing. Just leave this thing. Le- leave it. Give us a break. I will celebrate you, man. Keep on. Keep on. Make sure you finish. <laughs> Make sure you finish. And atonement's agenda Is to say That there is now a superglue between you and God Are you hearing this church? Listen There is no prophetic requirement To bring me back to him Okay I know you like prophets Uh But pastors We are pastors of prophets too Yes Uh There is no Let me stay there There is no prophetic requirement To bring me back to him praise the Lord. Amen. Haven't you read the scriptures in Romans chapter 5 verse 6? He said, while you are yet afar off. Well, where were you? Uh-huh. Where? Uh-huh. Then the other says, and without strength. <laughs> Leave that one. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 1, you had your conversations in the world. There's a translation that said you used to talk to demons. Uh-huh. You are talking to them. Okay, I know you don't, you don't accept, but haven't you met some people who you wondered if they were people? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Atonement. Atonement. Let me give this my version. There is now a super glue, child of God, between me and God. And it has been purchased, Joy. What has, who has purchased this? Jesus Christ. Now, before you unseat Jesus Christ, you cannot convince me for unlocking of stars. How can you lock my star and Jesus is seated on it? <laughs> praise the lord ay, 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 ay. let's help nairobi now have you gone to a place where somebody convinced you they want to come and erect an altar in your house the devil is a witch altar which one and there's already he presented his blood to the mercy seat you want to bring another one tell your neighbor atonement this is the apostle's doctrine atonement there's an author who said one atonement Uh That means even when I fail His love dances over me Pastor Doc has taught here so powerful When I lay my bed in hell That is consequences of bad decision Even when I lay my bed in hell There you are with me What manner of love is this? Why are you trying to convince me That there are some old altars I need to service? Atonement Atonement then makes redemption possible Atonement. This settles me. Atonement makes redemption possible. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7. I'm coming to sanctification. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7. Scripture says in him we have redemption through his blood. We've been dealing with his blood. So what are you? How much are you? Have you seen that one? We've been dealing with the blood of Jesus. And that the blood of Jesus has made us one with him. There is super glue there. Nobody can remove us there. Nobody can remove us there. Now what that does is that that makes redemption possible. What is redemption? This is important. The book of 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 20 says, For you have been bought with a price. You have been purchased with a price. You have been redeemed with a price. The Greek word there is apultrosis. That means you are one who had a debt and you have been rescued. You are one whose body belongs to another, but now you have been bought back. You are one who answered responsibly and under authority to another, but now you have been redeemed. Your debts have been paid in full. That there is no addition in redemption. Yeah. Hallelujah. Okay. Did you know that what sin did, <clears throat> Kijala, sin sold us to the enemy. Oh, yeah. That means that the enemy had legal right to kick you the way he wants. Had he had an honor because we, okay, of course you're like, hmm, how did sin buy us? Look at Romans chapter 7 verse 24. He says, the law is holy, but I am carnal, sold. Sold Did you ever read that scripture A call Sold under sin What does that mean That's economics That means sold, a, a, a sin came with cash huh? And paid full price And ownership was moved And therefore the enemy had right To play with you the way he wants Yes or no yeah. Did you know That as we grow in our Christian work Even how we respond to warfare changes oh, yeah. uh-huh, There's sometimes time you're like Jesus, Jesus, Jesus Oh Jesus And there's some time you like, give me some water, I want to sleep. In the midst of warfare. Because Isaiah chapter 40 said, tell he that is in Zion that their tribulation has ended. I I, I don't know, do we have Baji? Are you listening to what I'm saying, sir? That sometimes the enemy can bring warfare in my door, but I don't have to respond. I can also respond tomorrow. Today we can eat chicken. Praise the Lord. There's no urgency. The only thing that is urgent is salvation. Don't allow yourself to be squeezed in a corner where you think your life is over. Where you think, where is Wanda Wonder Kiss? Wonder Kiss? Master Kiss, come here. I need to preach with you. Where you think your life is over. And where you think now there are certain things. You know, somebody said, I'm getting late. Oh, my God. People are getting my. Oh, my God. People are buying houses. Oh, God. God. God, help me. What about I have been bought with a price? Hey, I've been bought with a price. Somebody said, you don't know my worth. They were speaking revelation without knowing. Have you ever found yourself where you texted somebody and said, you know what? I'm dumping, you're behind, you don't know my worth. They were speaking revelation. They are plagiarizing scriptures because I've been bought with a price. (laughs) Let me tell you. Let me tell you something, people of God. Do you believe that God is all-knowing? Do you believe it? David said it better. He said, before a word is formed in my mouth, thou knowest it. Before I can distill a prayer in my heart, thou discernest it. Which prayer is this that you think has denied you to enter? Sometimes their are, they are they are, they are prayers God answers without you praying. Yes, sir. You have been bought with a price. You have been bought with a price. Oh, you have been bought with Adelaide. You have been bought with a price. Listen, it doesn't matter how it looks like. One thing is certain. I have been bought with a price, redemption. Sin had me and sin had paid the full price. But now God comes and he purchases me. Now I belong to him. Are you hearing that? Now listen. What happens is after redemption, remember the two goats? How many goats were there? Two. For imputation. What theologians have called double imputation: one was imputed to death, the other one was the scapegoat. That for redemption to occur, there is something that dies and another one lives. Are you seeing it, yes, Pastor Doc? I can see your, your, you. Can, you can see where we're going. That one thing must die, and the other one must live in the same instance. Do you remember Romans chapter twelve, verse one? where he says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as what? As a living, that something died and something is living. The same model applies to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Is it verse 21? He says, he had made him to be sin for us. That is the death. Uh Are you seeing that? Because the wages of sin is what? Is death. So the first dimension is that Jesus died. Then he says, but in him we have been made the righteousness of God in him. The rightness, the life and nature of God has come to us. That the death of Jesus released us into the life and nature of God. And that is the double imputation for the two gods. That in the Old Testament, there was a scapegoat and one died. But in the New Testament, there are two dimensions. One, Jesus Christ died for our sin. We have become the righteousness of God in him. And two, we are dead. Yet... Alive. There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, who are there called, who live not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit, because the flesh is death. Hallelujah. Atonement and redemption then sets the stage for sanctification. And sanctification deals with being set apart. That because he has done this, then this is my response. Pastor Kiev taught so powerfully here that sanctification is a Process. It is the furnace where the principles and truths of God are birthed and expressed in our lives. Sanctification deals with the kind of words that we have in our mouths. The kind of things that we listen to. Sanctification is the Christian life lifestyle exemplified. That your friends can testify that truly you are born again. That your husband can testify that truly. Have you ever met a husband that was looking at their wife and they're like, I don't know. I don't know. I see you worshiping in church powerfully. I see you praying in deep tongues. But I'm not sure. Baby, are you born again? (laughs) Baby, are you born again? That there there is that requirement. But the deception that has been introduced to the church is we are at ease in Zion. And one prophet said, one, to you, if you are at ease in Zion, that we have to be be hot, Pastor Doc. There's a requirement for you to be vigilant in and out of season. Do you remember what he said? That physical exercise does profit a little, but spiritual exercise is of great benefit. If one of us went to the gym today, it doesn't matter if you used to go to the gym or not, and you decided you want to go for the heaviest weight, huh? You showed up and you want now to go for the heaviest weight. Will you be able to lift that weight? Whether or not you're confessing I can do all things through Christ. Because you cannot bypass the law of exercise. That it is exercising that gives you the strength to lift it up. That this Christian life requires spiritual exercise an immersion in prayer. An immersion in fastings, an immersion in preaching of the word, an immersion in soul winning, an immersion in scripture memory, an immersion in loving people sacrificially, an immersion in holding your tongue, even when you have an answer that can settle your enemy. <laughs> Phrase, you know, there are people who they come and talk to you and you say, oh, you're lucky I'm born again, yeah, Or you're about to say you catch your, you're just like, you, praise the Lord. (laughs) Sanctification is painful. Sanctification is putting the knife to your flesh. He says, I, Paul, I put the knife to my flesh, lest after I have preached, I myself should be found wanting that any time your flesh and your life has run amok, you're in the path of destruction despite the love of God being with you. And our greatest use, church, is when we are in the hands of the master. But a lack of sanctification puts us very far from his hand, but always close in his heart. Did you hear the paradox? Uh, uh, very close to his heart. But very far from his purpose. Very far from use. Go to 2 Timothy, Baji. 2 Timothy, go there. That the foundation of God stands sure. There is a fallacy that God uses anything. Now, let me ask you, master builders. Let me ask you, master builders. Because you people, you're master builders. Do you use anything? Do you? You, do you use anything? Even when you are buying tomatoes, which you negotiated for? It's not like you came and say, hey, give me tomatoes, how many? Fifty. You say, how much is the price? You say, uh-huh. uh, it's five, it's ten for five. What is the price, Master <laughs> What's the price? I know you don't know. Are you? <laughs> okay. So the price of tomatoes, I don't know who knows the price of tomato. Okay, to- three for ten, or ten for three, or something like that. And then you come and say now, oh, that's the price of last year. Let's say, <laughs> huh? baby, you know I'm a married man, eh? leave me alone. Baby, what's the price of tomatoes? Who knows? One is ten, bo- okay, cool. So now they have told you one is 10, Bob Sawa. And then you are buying 10. Adelaide. How many are those? 100. See, oh, beautiful. Now you are buying 100 tomatoes. for. One. But you say, no, 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 no. I want 7, Bob. Then the guy, okay, fine, okay, fine. 7, Bob. no issue. But even after being cut for the price, you are still choosing. See the arrogance. <laughs> you are still choosing. Now that I have reduced the price, should you just take anything? No. <laughs> Did you know I could be going to Mutumba? Which I like. Sawa. Mutumba. Now, let me use the words. You are going to buy second hand clothes. <laughs> and you know it is second and clothes, yes or no? Sean, don't you know it's second and clothes? Then why are you choosing? But it is second and clothes. Like if you, if you just picked any of them, it's second and yes or no? Ah, yeah. uh, those who want to get married. Why is it that if I just recommended any sister, you will not agree? Are you seeing how greasy grace has deceived us? So, you who is wicked, huh? I'm saying that euphemism. You, you know the way he said, you who are wicked, you know how to give your father. You who is a human being struggling with issues, you want to choose even Mutumba. And God should not choose. God should not choose what he uses. Are you seeing the deceit in the house of God? That if God is going to use you, it is clear here. I want you to see this. God, where is it that uh, my YouTube songs, eh? If you want a thousand uh, YouTube views, do you have a thousand hours of prayer? Oh, let me leave that on. Leave okay, fine. Let's come here. If a man, therefore, purge himself, Paul said two things. Paul said that, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be holy Sanctified. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 13. Then he says, and this is the will of God. Even your sanctification, you are setting apart. Okay? Which is a process of saying no to sin daily and walking in the narrow path. He's saying, if a man purge himself. Now, the word purge, Pastor Kev, you know, this is, if you read this thing, you can say, okay, fine, purge. Purge, what does purge mean? Purge is not blowing away. Purge is burning with fire. That's what purging is. Actually, what would happen is, is the same word that is used in purification of gold, metallurgy. You purge the impurities off. Everywhere where fire is, pain is. There is deformation. Chemistry will tell you that when we introduce fire, even molecules rearrange. There is def- you had sodium chloride, now you have sodium sulfate by introducing HCL and warm water. Are you saying that there is, there is a requirement of fire? And this is a work that initiated earth heavenward, not heavenward earth. This is not the fire of the Holy Spirit. This is the fire of Pastor Doc. It is the fire that you lit yourself. Are you seeing? Let him... Are you seeing any Holy Spirit there? Uh, this morning, this morning, uh, I woke up early in the morning, and so, you know, usually my wife is the one to wake me up, yeah, but today it was my turn to wake up baby i woke you up right i came it was drama this morning i opened the curtains i said look at this beautiful sun huh i took the duvet my baby said i'm going to catch a cold i said there's no cold here it was very interesting because she was saying this heat i'm holding on to that heat is all i'm talking about here in a light way Pudge yourselves Pudge yourselves listen you can be struggling with a lying tongue. Wake up in the morning and say, oh, God, today is my day of holiness. This lying tongue, you're not following me to work, eh? In the name of Jesus. Father, this line I've been telling. Have you noticed there are people who tell lies even without pressure? Like when there is no reason to, like there is no, there is no re- Lies are just coming out. No, no, no reason. It's just like coming up. Say, oh God, I light a fire on my life today. This lying tongue, depart from me, depart from me, depart from me. Jesus, gossip. I see you coming from afar. I cast you from your roots. Not today, devil. Part yourself. Yourself. Mm. We sang today so powerfully that I bring myself... Hmm, Think about the tomatoes you have been choosing. I bring myself, I bring myself. I am your. Uh, receive what? This. The saying that living sacrifice before he receives it. Purge yourself. Then you will become. Please read with me. Then you will become. Look at that. The word meat is KJV, English for for meat. Qualified. Are you seeing that, brethren? I have only three minutes. We have to, now 12.30, we finished. I have three minutes. If a man therefore purge himself from this, he shall be a vessel unto honor. Sanctified. And sanctified, set apart. And fit. For what? Fit for what? That means that there is a certain type of vessel That is used. And what the enemy has done is he has kept us at a place where we are comfortable in our weakness. And where we have explained away matters that we should be purging so that we are so far from the master's use. That on one end, the spirit of God will empower us so powerfully to live a sanctified life. But on the other end, we must use that spirit, the spirit of God, to give us the energy to purge ourselves. One scholar said that he is called the holy. He is called the holy. Have you ever thought about it? He is called the holy spirit. Be holy, even as I am holy. The Greek definition of the word holy is not a state, but it's a way of living. It's a way of living where you enforce kingdom principles to the culture of this lay, That even when culture says this is the way to go, you refuse and say this is the way to go because of holy living. Even when it is painful. Go to the next verse, please. Verse 22. As we begin to close. Unprepared unto. And the servant... Please come back to 22. Flee also youthful lusts, but do what? Follow righteousness. That's the word pursue. Pursue righteousness. Then pursue faith. Pursue love. That you must pursue love. Pursue peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Let us stand and make one prayer. Let's even make this a family prayer. Just find somebody, hold their hand and pray and say, I'm praying for you that God will give you the grace to purge yourself. That you will be hot. You can join me on stage, Pambio, that you will be hot. I'm praying for you neighbor today that God will cause you to be counted, even in Zion, as a man that keeps his word, as a man that honors his wife. I'm praying for you that you shall be counted as a man of integrity, as a man of truthfulness, as a man that will reject gossip. Just make that prayer, church. I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. Squeeze those hands. I'm praying for you that God will give you strength to overcome every sin that easily besets. Thank you for sticking into the end. We hope you are blessed by this message. Follow us for more of these messages when new episodes drop. And make sure to rate us so that more people can find out about us. Bye-bye.